Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's fucking Friday. Yep. Finally, finally. Get ready to go to the club. Yeah. Well, you know, in a, in about an hour or an hour and a half or something. Yeah. Technically two hours. We're not leaving for two hours because it doesn't open till ten. I don't think. So it is. It's, it's tonight, right? Memento's tonight. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like ninety nine percent sure. <laughs> Sebastian says, Tom and Jenny, the news is uh, is that The Keep is to be remade. Oh, okay. Oh, that I would actually be interested to see that. I wonder if they're going to make it closer to the novel. I mean, because I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I just read the novel like a little while ago. Depending on who's doing it, there's a lot of potential for them to fuck that one up. Yeah, but there's a potential yeah. for it to be good, too, because it's a yeah. good book. And I kind of feel like if they're going to make it nowadays, I feel like they would probably make it closer to the source material. Which I think would be good. You know. I don't know the source material. Well, because the book was good. I have it. Yeah. Just It's right over there. Yeah. And I just read it not too long ago. It's got to be a period piece. It has to be back in uh, World War II. Or, well, or, yeah. Or it's I mean, just going to suck. That's. But, you know, they might cheap they might cheap out and try to put that into modern times. You know, you know that, that would just be. That's stupid. the thing. It's like if, I mean, something like that story that's so ingrained in the time period that yeah. it's made it it's like if you're gonna just make it in the modern day like make a different movie there's really not any point in making it if it's not gonna be at the time because it's so much to do with the story there's so much shit that they're doing right now that there's no point in what they're doing to just i don't trust them until i see the product now one thing we did see uh last night is uh saw black adam i liked it i liked black adam i fell asleep but not well not not because the movie was bad but because i was like so 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 sleepy yeah it's like i was watching so it's like i woke up and it was over and i was like oh yeah um, she fell asleep at the very end what happened (laughs) it was a good movie though um and uh the the new shazam is gonna come out too in in a couple weeks Next, yeah, next Friday, next the Friday. new Shazam is out. Yeah, because I told you, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'd been seeing ads and stuff for it, so I was like, I know it's soon. And he looked it up, and yeah, it's next Friday, which next Friday is also St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but it was good. I liked it. I thought it was real good. I thought The Rock just knocked it out of the fucking park. I thought he was a great superhero. He's like a dark superhero, almost a villain. He's like, not like Superman, but he's killing people. He's an ancient demigod from some fictional Middle Eastern civilization that's long gone it was, you know it, it died out like 6,000 years ago but the country's still around it's kind of like Babylon is what they're talking about Babylon they're in a fictionalized Iraq and uh, they wake him up using an, uh, some magic words you know Shazam I think is how they, is how they woke him up on it no Maybe she Shazam. said something what what'd she, she say said she said something kind of specific like yeah that like a whole poem thing he comes out and he fucks up a bunch of dudes fucks up a bunch of mercenaries does all kinds of cool shit and then some superheroes trying to defend world order try, try to stop him and he's like this is my country you don't belong here all your international peace bullshit and, you know and that that was pretty cool um pierce brosnan was in it pierce brosnan i liked his character yeah. actually kind of played kind of dr like, fate yeah he it was kind of like dr strange similar yeah, they always, uh, I mean, you know, it's like it's they DC. have... DC. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like everything is sort of like a little rip-off. Although I don't know if, like, DC or Marvel did that stuff first, because I'm not... As, yeah, it's hard to tell. I'm not... Well, I'm not as super up on the comic book lore. I'm sure somebody yeah. could tell me. It doesn't matter. I just like the no, stories. No, it doesn't matter. I just like I'm not bothered. If, if it's a good story and the, and the movie has a good tone to it, I, I love the tone to Shazam, because it was semi-comedy, and I, I, I like that. That's... And it, it had some good adventure shit happening in it and it's kind of I just like Shazam I like this one I think 
just as just as good, just as well. It is a different story. It had a different tone. And then in the end, they had a fucking surprise visit, man. <clears throat> the uh, International Justice League or whatever it is. I don't remember what they're called. It probably is Justice League. The woman that was running it contacted him. Contacted Black Adam. This is after he named himself Black Adam. He wasn't called that before. What was he called? It was a... It was a uh, Teth Adam. Teth Adam. It was like an, like an Egyptian sounding name. And... Um, She's like, uh, look, you can't, you know, you're imprisoned there in your country. You can't leave. And he's like, I do what I want. You know, nobody on this earth can stop me. I do what I want. Yeah, I do what I want. That's what I would have said. I said, look, I do what I want. Well, anyway, so they, uh, she goes, well, nobody on this earth can stop you, but I got a line on people not from this earth. And fucking boom, Superman shows up. And he goes, we need to talk. Fucking, it was great, man. It was fucking great. Which, see, that, was, that kind of dynamic was happening in the animated uh, movies for Black Adam and Shazam, Superman would show up, you know, which I haven't seen and him. And then Superman seen, shows up. Yeah, Superman's got to show up, you know what I mean? Because those dudes are too, too, too powerful just not to have Superman show up to keep him under control. Now, I'm a big Superman fan if he's done right. You know, I, I like Chris Reeves stuff. I even liked that last fucking dumbass one with the damn nuclear bad guy. I even liked that one. The fourth one? Yeah, the fourth one, I liked it. It was better than the third one. Nuclear Man. Nuclear Man, yeah. I was going to say, probably... Oh, Justice for Peace, or World Peace, or what was the name of that one? Was it? Uh, the Quest know. for Peace. Quest for Peace, yeah. I was going to say, I think my favorite thing about Black Adam was, I like that it was, like, it had humor in it, but it was, like, a slightly more serious story in that, like, a lot more people got killed. But I thought it was funny how um, they added a lot of levity to him just, like throwing people around and just like he's just yeah. like picking up bad guys and just throwing them <laughs> you can't kill people and he's like he's like basically <laughs> yeah he's a fucking Mesopotamian god he's gonna do what he wants you know what I mean yeah. super funny he, every yeah. time it yeah. happened I cracked up yeah <laughs> like you can't do that that's that's against the law you know I'm thinking wait a minute hold on this dude is a demigod alright and he's in his own kingdom he is the law he can do whatever he fucking wants he likes, he's flying, and yeah. he's, like, taking dudes up, and he's like, you can't yeah. drop those dudes, and he's like, shoo. Yeah, <laughs> But uh, The Rock, man, Hilarious. fucking Dwayne Johnson, he was looking juicy as fuck, man. I mean, he was juiced up. He looked fucking great. Tom is gay for The Rock. I was gay for, gay for fucking The Rock. <laughs> I was like, how much is that his actual physique, and how much is that his suit, man? He looked fucking amazing. That's just an amazing man. His head is fucking, he just got this fucking great head make all bald motherfuckers proud his head <laughs> but, but, yeah man we're gonna just, have to save that for gonna have to save that fucking head. that's like a pro that, that's like the example to expire to aspire to <laughs> is that fucking maori head that he's got he's just he's, he, he fucking looked great man he looked great and he, and he did a good performance he was good. He was good as that character. Yeah, he was good. Well, I like it because he was kind of like a morally gray character. You know what I mean? He wasn't a straight up villain, but he wasn't a hero either. Well, that's like, the way a demigod god would be, right? And I kind of liked that. Yeah. Like I said, and I, it was funny the way he just like flung dudes around and killed them. And he's yeah. like, "What? What do you mean I can't kill him?" Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you know, no one cared. <laughs> they were assholes. He's like a dark Superman. Yeah. Very dark Superman. But he wasn't a bad guy per se. He was just. He did some bad in the past, but he kind of changed his ways. Bad shit happened to him too. He he started off as a mortal. He you know he he was made into that. 
It was, it's a good story. Zach says... I think he's going to be in Shazam. Probably. Probably. Zach says the director of Shazam has a YouTube channel where he posts filmmaking tutorials. He's an awesome dude. Okay. It also helps he's a handsome as fuck Swedish dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. I know we reviewed Shazam because I think we saw it a couple of times. But. It was good writing. It was good writing. Um, it was a good mixture of action, adventure, some comedy. Uh, it had uh, almost some horror aspects because they open up the gates to hell and a damn demon comes out. It got yeah, the demons were cool looking. Yeah, they were pretty good. And then the dead started to rise. It was like something out of damn revelations and shit. Because this is, it's Middle Eastern tone to it. So it's going to have Middle Eastern style religious motifs in it. It was, it was good. See, I missed the last part, so I'm going to yeah. have to like go back and watch it. It's on HBO Max, that's where we saw yeah. it. Because I was just like scrolling through looking for something fun to watch, and like I just saw it on there, and I knew he wanted to see it. So, Once that guy died and went to hell, the Satan promoted him to like fucking a champion archdemon and sent him back to yeah. Earth to capture... What was the name of the country? I think it was... I think, uh, now I can't remember. I think Kunda something or other. No. It didn't matter. It's just a fictional Middle Eastern. It was Eastern, a fictional Middle, Middle, Middle Eastern, Eastern country. country. But I can't He comes back and the, the evil dead started to rise up out of the ground. People had to fight him. I hate when that happens. Mm -hmm. It was like the skeletons out of Jason and the Argonauts. It's kind of like that. They were CG. Zach said, I've been doing a fan edit of Quantum of Solace. Because, my God, is the actual dating in that movie painful so much of it is just slowing down reaction shots because that movie lets nothing lets nothing breathe yeah i mean i liked quantum of solace better the second and third time i saw it but like the first time i saw it, it was like my least favorite of all the um daniel craig uh 007s but i like it better now that i've seen it a couple of times but it's still like my least favorite probably out of the four or five there's five of them out of the five uh I, i'm just I just gotta disagree. I liked Quantum of Solace. I didn't when I first saw it. I it, I didn't like it as much as um, of uh, as Casino Royale. But the more I watched it, the more I liked it. It had a lot of hidden messages, occult messages in it that I liked, and it um, it had a bunch of alchemy imagery in it, which I, I haven't totally filled out. Burning water over oil and and it, it was pretty cool. Um, it just was the the thing the thing that really didn't gel with that is they showed Spectre, but they didn't call it Spectre. He didn't know what it was. You could tell that they had that they weren't working from a script that was overarching into multiple movies. They were just kinda making stuff up as they were going along about the world, the universe. Not the story, but the James Bond universe that they were in. You could tell they didn't quite know what they, which direction the movies were going to go. Because Judy Dench is like, there's something out there. We don't know what it is, but something's attacking us. It's infiltrated us. <clears throat> and, uh, and then he sees him at the opera. And uh, he takes a radio and he can hear them all talking. And then he talks to him. There were a bunch of oligarchs in the, in the opera talking. And they were, there was some kind of a modernistic rendition of some opera. And I'd like to find out what song that was. What opera that was, it was probably pertinent to the story. I feel like 
I feel like I knew what opera it was, and now I can't remember. So a bunch of people in robes, and there was an all-seeing eye in the background. Yeah. They were all singing. Um, and I was like, that means something. It has something to do with Spectre. God damn it. So some kind of world government thing. Somebody will probably like say it. But I, I yeah. feel like, because remember we did a video a long time ago where we talked about the Daniel Craig uh, James Bond movies, and I'm pretty sure that I came across what opera that was during that because I feel okay. like that's a piece of information that I knew. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. It was Tosca. Tosca? Says, yeah, which is actually quite a famous and, and opera. That particular act, what was happening in, in, in I don't in know. I don't really know. I'm and not what, super what familiar with the, with the plot. Okay. Um, Grampers says, final episode of The Last of Us is on Sunday. Yeah, I really need to get into that. Everybody and their mom has recommended that to me. So, I'll get around to it eventually. Maybe like 10 years from now. Because <laughs> there's still like a bunch of shit. Because <laughs> it's like, Grantzer says, uh, Last of Us ranks up there with HBO's best, Chernobyl, The Wire, Sopranos. Um, yeah, I haven't even seen The Sopranos yet, so... I'm like way, way, way behind. I just feel like I'm never gonna have time. Like it's, I think I've said this before, but I feel like I'm never gonna have time to like watch all the good shit, all the good shit. You know what I mean? Because I'm so behind on stuff, and I don't, I don't know when I'm ever gonna have time to watch it all. There's just so much good stuff, you know, and so many books and stuff I gotta read still. John Smith says that Roger Moore was the James Bond for him. Um, I didn't really like. I mean, when I growing up as a kid, I'd wa I watched that, and I enjoyed him in those days. But but I'd go back and look at some of that stuff. I haven't watched all of his movies, of course, in a long time. But I, I have. I saw Moonraker. It was actually pretty good. I remember Moonraker being like one of the worst ones. Yeah, I remember everybody complaining Man. about how sucky Moonraker was. But it's back, like I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Though. Went back and saw it, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, the thing was about it is that I just really can't buy that. I can't really buy that fucking Roger Moore would shoot you. He doesn't come across as a da as a dangerous dude. He comes across as a fucking tall, skinny model. You know, when it comes to the retro James Bonds, I liked Timothy Dalton in the first movie, View to a Kill. It was a lot like, so it was a lot like Casino Royale that tone, and. View, view to a Kill not View to a Kill what was uh, Living Daylights yeah I was going to say View to a Kill yeah, was yeah. still Roger Moore yeah that was still Roger Moore uh, Living Daylights was uh, was great it was like one of the newer ones it had everything a James Bond movie should have you know Russian assassin spy girls that turned out to be good instead of bad they were kind of and then uh, Pipelines they were trying to go from one country to the next through a damn oil pipeline. There were all kinds of good chase scenes and like stuff out of Mad Max, car chase scenes and car wrecks. It, it was it was just it had all the elements of, of a good James Bond movie, and it was gritty for the time. It wouldn't be gritty by today's standards, but it was gritty yeah, compared to we're at peak grittiness now. I yeah, think. <laughs> it was gritty compared to Roger Moore. James Bond, and then I watched this, the one that came out after that, that had Dalton in it, and it, it it went back to Roger Moore kind of silliness. It had some good stuff in it, but it had too much humor in it. I think it was humor and some corniness to it that I didn't like. 
Well, I guess the nice thing about it is that there have been so many James Bonds and everybody had their own take on the character that you can kind of, like, watch whatever kind you're in the mood for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everybody's going to have There's her. a lot of them. Like, because John Smith said, I liked my Bond silly, but facing off against Christopher Lee in The Man with the Golden Gun is awesome. Uh, Gramther says, Roger Moore's fight scenes were like watching an adolescent karate class. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible Just a joke. Zach says, uh, Roger Moore always makes me think of, like, your best friend in high school's cool dad instead of a spy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one scene, you know, where uh, Timothy Dalton grabs some woman. He's in a hotel, if I remember correctly, and he grabs her and puts a gun to the back of her head and kind of uses her as a human shield, threatens to kill her if she, if she moves. I think I don't remember what if he broke into her apartment trying to find something or broke into her hotel. But that was the first time you saw Bond point a gun at a woman and threaten to kill her. And you kind of buy that he would do it. Yeah. And that kind of fits more what the novels were like, you know. Really, out of all of all of them, you know, the Daniel Craig would be closest to the way he was in the novels. Fucked up. Kind of a thug. Thug. Not not good looking, but kind of handsome because he's just beat up looking. Look like a boxer. The only difference is, is that in the book he had dark hair. He wasn't blonde. But, you know, that, that worked. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he definitely made a really good Yeah, book. that's that's what the books were talking That's what Ian Fleming was talking about, pretty much. Because to be honest, it's like when I was a kid, I somehow managed to see pretty much all the James Bond movies at one point or another. Cause, maybe because they were always on, you know, like on cable or something. And I was never super, super into them, but I always kind of like watched them when they were on. But I don't think I really got into like the James Bond movies until the Daniel Craig movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though I'd seen all of them like when I was growing up. Well, when I was growing up, he was kind of like just a British superhero. He wasn't a realistic character. It was like a superhero. Well, character. especially when Roger Moore was doing yeah. it, because it's like, hey, it look, I have cool. a wet, I have a, I have a tuxedo on under my wetsuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I came up through the sewer, right. through the sewage pipes, and he's and like, ta the casino. And, and then he I, just like goes in a casino, and everyone's not like, go, what the fuck? Are you <laughs> yeah. And he's fucking in his sixties, and he's not jacked or anything. But for some strange reason, all these 22-year-old women are just draping, just fucking falling all over him. You know, it doesn't happen in real life, unless you got a shit ton of money and these are hookers. You know, that's the only. That's the only maybe, time that's yeah, maybe happen. they're just hookers. They're just hookers. That would be that would be the that'd be the only explanation. Yeah, it's like what? Yeah. It's like does he have some kind of pheromones on him or Ooh. something like that? It's like what is going on? Yeah, Gramsler's just said watching a 60-year-old more bed a 25-year-old yeah, actress yeah, yeah. just seems a bit icky. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is quite icky. I mean, yeah. it's like, hey, it's like I'm sleeping with my granddaughter. Yeah. Ew. Not not a good look. If it's technically it's legal, but it's still kind of yucky. You know? It didn't look good on camera with him because he was just skinny. You know, he definitely looked his age. Yeah. yeah. He just looked his age. I mean, it, I mean, uh, Daniel Craig was with a younger woman, but it looked like he could get that woman. Yeah, it didn't you know I mean? seem like... I mean, yeah. I don't know, because, um, you know, in, in the newer ones, I don't know the age difference between... She was about 30. Daniel Craig and the and the actress playing, like, the women in the movies, but it didn't look like as big a difference. No, she was about 30. He was probably in his mid-50s. Yeah, it just you know? didn't look like... I mean, in yeah. the Roger Moore ones, I mean, yeah. you could clearly tell he was, like, an old man. Yeah. And they were, like, very, very young. You could tell they were paid to be there. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Skyfall probably had the best villain. 
with Javier Bardem. Yeah, it, I mean, I love Javier Bardem. It did, anyway. but what was funny about that that episode or that movie is that it that Spectre didn't seem to play any role in it, and uh, it didn't do anything to move the the whole overarching theme of the series forward. It was a good people like like that one the best. But if if you want to know more about the whole Spectre angle, there's none of that in it. Because that guy wasn't with Spectre. He was just a rogue agent. Yeah. Or maybe he was. It's weird because I kind of... Maybe he was an age. Maybe he was with Spectre. Because uh, Mr. White knew 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 about him. I had to go back there and look at it again. He might have been working for Spectre a little bit. But it just didn't really tell you much about it. Well, that's the thing about yeah. having something like Spectre. Because it's just kind of like a loose conglomeration of... Yeah, so it's just kind of like everybody could kind of have ties to it and you could do different stories so it doesn't have to be real. But you would think with as much money as the James Bond movies cost and as much money as they usually bring in, you would think that they would like plan that shit because they know they're going to put one out every year or two years or whatever it is. So you would think that they would have like at least a rough structure of... I mean, especially in this day and age when yeah. everybody is, like, super nitpicky and it's just kind of like... Well, look at Disney. They didn't plan out Star Wars, of all things. <laughs> Fucking dumbasses would just did it as they went. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying yeah. that you can't really get away with no, that the way you used to be able to. I kind of feel like back in the old days, like, you know, they'd make a movie and then, like, was like, we just made a movie and we didn't know it was going to be... And then they're like, oh, well, we want a sequel because that would make more money than they expected. And they're like, okay, well, we didn't really think of a sequel. Let's just pull this out of our ass. And then they just make, like, some bullshit that negates everything from the first movie. And people are like, whatever, that, like, they didn't really care. But, like, I kind of feel like nowadays people would get, like, all up in arms about it. It's like, hey, that's not what happened in the first movie. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Because everybody's very, like, into, like, continuity and, like, storytelling and stuff like that, so. Uh, Zach says, Skyfall is what got me into filmmaking originally, because that's where I learned who Roger Deakins was. Yeah, Roger Deakins, very, very famous cinematographer. He shot all the... Didn't he shoot, like, pretty much all the, um, recent James Bond movies and a shit ton of other ones as well. He's done a shit ton of other movies. The only the only thing I can knock um, the new James Bond, the, the Daniel Craig James Bonds for, is that they didn't all have epic theme songs. About half of them did, but the other half, uh, I don't think that they they didn't sound like a James Bond theme song to me. I guess they just wanted to differentiate themselves from the rest of the movies. But I thought the Chris Cornell one with fucking you know my name, I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's um, a good song. Yeah, the um. Uh, the one with the white stripes and uh, Alicia Keys. I thought that was great. That was from uh, Quantum. <clears throat> Skyfall was okay. I liked that one. I liked that song, actually. Yeah, it was okay. The Spectre song, I didn't like it that much. And I don't even remember the one from uh, No Time to Die. It didn't make an impression. Which one was it? I don't remember the Spectre song. There's the one where it just has a guy singing in falsetto. It's almost a cappella through the whole... What's it, it's just not, it's oh, is that the one that was... What's that fucker's name? Sam something? It's a real high-pitched male... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, yeah, I know. I've heard some of that dude's other songs in there. Yeah, too. I just... It didn't have that epic sound. Like, I remember it being a good song, but yeah, it didn't stick with me the way that... No. The Chris Cornell one, or even the Skyfall song. I still remember that one. Yeah. the One of the best Sam ones... Sam Smith, that's his name. Sam, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank well, you, Zach. One of the best, one of the best theme songs was uh, uh, the one um, Shirley Manson, "World Is Not Enough." I love that fucking theme song. I always forget about that movie. 
Yeah, World Not Enough, that was a good one. Was that Timothy Dalton or was that Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Um, then uh, I actually liked the one that Madonna did, even though that movie wasn't that good. She did a James Bond theme. Yeah, she did. Um, she did a James Bond theme, where he played where he's where Bond gets a, gets. Uh, it starts off he's captured by the North Koreans and they're they're fucking torturing him, and, and the, then the movie kind of begins with a prisoner exchange. They exchange him for somebody else, so they get Bond back, and he's fucking skinny as shit. I don't know. I didn't remember that. Uh, I didn't remember that he was that skinny in real life, but he looked like he weighed like 140 pounds. Die another day. That die was, another day. That's Elizabeth yeah. Jack. Thank you. Yeah, die another day. I like that one. I don't even. Did I see that movie? I mean, I'm sure I probably saw it, but I don't remember it. It was considered the worst of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Although, how many, how many did he do? Four, I think. Four? I have them all. Timothy Dalton only did two, right? Two. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> see, I can't remember. And only one of them was good. The, the, the second Timothy Dalton one was mediocre. Well, me it wasn't and, his fault, Me though. and you watched one of the Timothy Dalton ones. That was the second one, I think. Like, I think maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, I think we saw the first one. Didn't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. It's where he um, was set to kill that, in the very beginning, to kill that Russian assassin girl who was playing the cello. And it turned out that when she was going there to take the shot on that guy, they gave her blanks. She was just a patsy. Not ringing a bell. He, and he didn't kill her because he realized that that wasn't that that she she didn't have any she wasn't firing live ammunition. And it turned out she was just a yeah, she was just a uh, musician student that they kind of like forced her into doing it. That's nice, asshole. She was trying to save her dad or something. John Smith said that's not what happened in the first movie. He didn't get out of the cock and duty car. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, yeah, Zach says Radiohead did a song for Spectre, and it's so good, but they rejected it because it was too sad. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, they should have known Radiohead. They they make sad stuff, but that's yeah. I I feel like I probably heard that, but you know, Elizabeth Jackson. I like the Adele song. Yeah, and Camp Guy said uh, the Chris Cornell song for Casino Royale rocked. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was that was a really really good song. Yeah, that was a really good song. I request that on the damn jukebox at the biker bar every now and then. That yeah. one and the Alicia Keys song. <laughs> yeah, I'll put them on her. Which one was the Alicia Keys one? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Another Way to Die. Oh, okay. Because yeah. sometimes they kind of throw me off because sometimes... The name of the theme song is the same as the name of the movie, but then sometimes it's not. And that always kind of, like, confuses yeah. me. I mean, I still think that one of my favorite James Bond themes is still View to a Kill, because that's Duran Duran. You know? Yeah, that was a good one. And that's a really good song. Just on its own, it's a really that good song. That was a terrible James Bond movie, though. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> no. The movie wasn't good, but the song's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> it, had a, it had a cool cast, though. It had fucking Christopher Walken, and um, it had, uh, um, oh, shit. It was the chick that played the damn vamp. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Grace Jones was in it. What's up, Pope? What are you doing, Pokey? He's just trying to climb up on the chair. You what was, funny about, what was fun, funny about that one is that uh, Christopher Walken was playing an oligarch named Zorin. And he was making computer chips, but it's obvious whoever wrote the script didn't weren't they weren't really sure what a computer does. 
they were using computer chips to dispense drugs into racing horses through remote control. You don't need a computer chip for that. You can do that yeah, with that's just like um, you can just do that with a radio. Why? Like, why do we need that? Because <laughs> you know, whoever, whoever, whoever wrote that, they weren't quite sure what a computer did. Some supervillains, their plans are yeah. just way too convoluted. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no one would do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the little, the little, uh, the capsule that fucking it releases the steroids into the racehorse is 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 activated by a computer chip. Oh wow, you know, not a solenoid, you know, just just shit like that, you know. I mean, just because you can yeah. do something doesn't mean that you should. Yeah, they didn't know what a computer chip was. Well, I kind of feel like that was pretty. Yeah. It's funny now, like looking back and watching a lot of these movies that were made, like particularly like in the early to mid '80s, yeah. when most people didn't have computers at home. Yeah. And people weren't real clear on what exactly computers could do or what they were good for or something like that. So, like, some of the crazy shit they came up with in movies. Yeah, like, dudes fucking summoning Satan with com- with Apple IIe computers. Right. And Satan would show up. <laughs> Satan would show up, man. You'd open up a down doorway into hell. You're a military academy. be infested with, de- with the devil. I mean, I can't count the number of times my Apple IIe summoned the, de- the yeah. devil. I mean. What is that, 256K? Something like that? <laughs> something like that. Fuck. It's like what a watch has now. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I mean, what a, um, that was Evil Speak, right? Evil Speak, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen Evil Speak, it's got, isn't, that's Clint Howard, isn't it? Ron yeah. Howard's brother. Yeah. That was a classic movie. That was a great movie. It is it's fun. It's a great movie, yeah. It's a ridiculous premise. It's fucking ridiculous. But, but I think that's kind of one of the things yeah. that makes it really entertaining. Yep. John Smith said, "Weird Science, the ultimate '80s computer movie." That's yeah. right. That's right. They had the computer. They they used the computer partially and partially kind of black magic too, like to make um, Kelly LeBrock. Because remember, they hooked the Barbie doll up to the computer, like and weren't yeah. there. Yeah, and, and data <laughs> like, data made it grow. Yeah, it had, it, had, it had titties and everything. It came out into fucking Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. <laughs> What'd be really fucking funny is fucking Seagal was there. <laughs> she, <laughs> she appears and her husband fucking Steven Seagal's right with her. Can you believe that Steven Seagal like scored Kelly LeBrock it, even for a brief time period? I find that hard to believe. Maybe she, he hypnotized her. She breast massage. <laughs> yeah, the fucking shiatsu man. He fucking do that Miyagi fucking thing. The hands that get hot and he psh, like that. And she's. That's a wrap, man. That was a wrap. He was uh, testing everybody for for breast cancer. Yeah, that that was what he was claiming. Evidently, he had free he had free um, consultations. If you needed your breast checked, he could do it. He had he was he was good at it, according to him. Of course, according yeah. to him. He could find lumps. I'm really good at it. Yeah, yeah. He could find lumps. He, he would tell it. anyone who would listen. Yep. <laughs> that dude is a trip, man. But he talked <sighs> his way into that. Talked his way into Kelly LeBrock. She probably thought he was going to be a big star. And then after a while, she's, she's like, like, oh my God, this like... dude's a loser. I got to get out of here. All the Hollywood turned against him. I think I'd rather like hang out in the shower with the two dudes from Weird Science. Yeah. <laughs> Although the dudes from Weird Science, oh, what's his name? Um, Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall grew up to be a fucking hunk. 
I still like, remember seeing yeah. the first time I saw them all hunked out was in uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And I hadn't seen him in a few years because obviously he was in a lot of those, um, you know, 80s, like the John Hughes movies. Yeah. And he was like, you know, the little pencil neck geek or whatever. He always <laughs> played that part. And then, like, you know, in 1990, when the fuck did Edward Scissorhands come out? In 1990. 1990, 1991, something oh, like that. Something like that yeah. And like I saw that, that and I was 80s. like, holy fucking shit, that's Anthony Michael Hall, he's like unrecognizable. Yeah, well, I guess he didn't want to be stereotyped like that, didn't want didn't want to be typecast by that skinny little character. Yeah. He went on cycle, man, that dude got fucking big. And he, he had a great television program called The Dead Zone. Well, I have it on... on, on yeah, on. we recommend it, because I feel like a lot of people didn't watch it. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's kind of loosely based on... You know, obviously the Stephen King novel and the Christopher Walken, you know, uh, movie from the 80s, the David Cronenberg one. But it kind of went, he had like different adventures, you know, like every, yeah. with his psychic powers and stuff. Yeah. And it was actually like way better than I was expecting. It was like really, really good. Yeah. And my favorite episode where he was working for the uh, CIA and uh, they had him, they had him doing remote viewing and trying to predict where um, terrorists would be. Remember that? In Iraq? And he, I can't remember exactly how it went down. They hit the wrong target or something, and he had to stop that. He was going through space-time, wasn't he? Yeah. Slightly I mean, the it's future. been a while since I've seen it. seeing in the future where, where things were. It was pretty good. But there's, there's like several seasons of it. I got it on a DVD. And it was cheap used, the whole series. I think it was, what, three seasons, maybe? I think it was three seasons, yeah. And they all started to blur after a while. We watched them in a big old long marathon. We'd have to fucking go back and watch them little by little again. Yeah, because it's been a few years since we watched them, actually. But I liked them. still at the old house. I did, too. I liked that show a lot. He did a great job on it. Yeah, he made a great uh, Johnny Smith. Yeah. The other one I want to see again is uh, Dark Angel. I think, what was it called? Dark Angel? Yeah, I've never seen that, but you keep talking about it. Yeah, that was a good one. It had Jessica Alba. She played like a genetically engineered super soldier kind of thing she's and she would uh um rode a motorcycle and was she was kind of like a superhero and that was the uh james cameron did it it's a tv yeah. series made by james cameron and it was good i just want to see the whole thing i didn't just get to see it all they just want a hundred dollars a season for the shit on cd on, on dvd is it like super rare i think it kind of is yeah i guess that's why dark angel let's go Sebastian Moran says, microchips can be put into masks and turn people's heads into snakes and bugs. Yeah. <laughs> they can shoot a magic rock from Stonehenge in the I back mean, of your you head know. and you'll turn into crickets. Sure. Crickets and snakes. Which, when you put it like that, I'm just like, how the fuck did somebody think of that? Like, they were just sitting just around. just good thinking. They were just sitting around, like, <laughs> doing blow or smoking yeah. dope or something. And Yeah. Oh, you guys, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 What if... There's a rock from Stonehenge, and yeah. you put it in people's heads, and it makes bugs come out. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, why yeah. didn't we think of that? That's a good movie, though. But that's a crazy, it's a crazy Yeah, I like that movie. Concept. I'm glad that it kind of got some appreciation afterward, because I know that everybody was pissed off about it when it first came out. See, I had never seen Halloween. The first Halloween movie I had seen was three. So I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have any unrealistic expectations. I didn't know anything about Michael Myers or anything. And I saw that shit, and it just, I fucking loved it, you know? I mean, it's an original uh, concept. You gotta yeah. give it that. Yeah. It was kind of like a Cronenberg flick. A uh, little at the bit. Time. At the time, you know, I was comparing it to the Cronenberg movies that I'd seen, like Videodrome and um, uh, The Brood 
And uh, I thought it was like, because they were planted on HBO around that time, all of them. Yeah. And it was just kind of reminded me of that. Another weird fucking movie. And The Hand, you know, with Michael Caine. And uh, kind of a disturbing movie, you know. They're turning little kid, putting little, putting families in test rooms and putting masks on the kids in front of the parents. And then they play the signal and the kids' heads fucking turn into damn snakes and crickets and what else did they have in there? Centipedes, roaches. Roaches came out. And then the snakes came out and killed the parents. And yeah. I was like 12 or 13 when this shit's going down. I was going, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I said, they know something I don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, that shit must be real. They must know something I don't. Or they wouldn't be making a movie like this. You know, I used to think that way sometimes when I was a kid. If they're making a movie about this, it must be possible. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I used to think sometimes. That's pretty funny. Yeah. They're trying to tell us something. Because they make movies about all kinds of yeah, things that could happen. John Smith says, Connell Cochran is an underappreciated villain. He's just doing it to mess with people. Yeah, I kind of like that he doesn't really have... It's like, I'm, he's not trying to necessarily take over the world or nothing like that. He's just kind of like, hey, I'm trying to get back to the old Celtic Halloween thing and I'm just going to like uh, turn kids' heads into bugs because why not? Why not? They probably got that from the Wicker Man. <sighs> probably. It does kind of have... Yeah. Now that you mention it, it does kind of have kind of like a little folk horror element yeah. to it. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. He's going back to the old... Going back to the old ways. To the old ways. Yeah. And the dude had androids. Turns out that all the guys were That's right. I forgot about that. Also, he had androids. He was the only human. Yeah. He had an army of android employees. And wait, I can't remember, but was there a reason for that or just because? Because androids are Because he could do it. Because he could. (laughs) Because he could do it. And they would obey him. That's right. You know? Mr. 88 said, you could do a lot with evil speak and spell as an 80s <laughs> retro horror film. <laughs> Not going to lie, um, that would probably work. They've made like a horror movie about pretty much everything else, like all kind of fucked up toys and technology and everything like that. So I'm surprised they haven't. Evil speak was very underrated. And I think it's because it was an indie flick and it didn't really get, enough, I don't think it got a full release. It did end up on, I think, HBO or for a little while, you know, but it wasn't on there for long. I just remember, uh, I saw it on HBO as a kid. That's the first time I saw it. And it played around the same time as Funhouse was playing. Remember the movie Funhouse? Mm-hmm. I loved that the one, The Toby too. Hooper one, yeah. yeah. I loved Funhouse. I really like Funhouse. I really like Funhouse also. Yeah. And what tripped me out when I was, I guess I was about 12 or 13 when that one was gone. What tripped me out was the scene where the damn monster was trying to get a hand job by the, by the, uh, by the fortune teller. Yeah, that's Remember right. That she's giving, and I was like, she's gonna, she's gonna give that dude a hand job, that monster <laughs> hand job. What the fuck? That was blowing my, that was blowing my thirteen-year-old mind. Even monsters get hand jobs. Oh, Holy shit! Man, oh man, that's blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> it's always funny, like hearing what blew your mind as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna get a hand job. Holy shit! <laughs> she's gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> These are adults. <laughs> John Smith said there was a Dutch horror movie about a killer elevator called The Lift. I've seen it, actually. It wasn't great. I remember it being kind of boring. Because I was sitting there thinking, killer elevator, I'm going to watch that. But I was just kind of like, eh. Elevator needed to kill more people, I feel like. Well, they also have, I mean, there's been a, you can pretty much say killer 
noun and like you know they have a fucking movie about it wasn't there that one about the uh, that was called rubber that was about a killer car tire i don't remember they just kind of like rolled around and killed people somehow i'm not really sure (laughs) i think it was kind of like a parody or something i don't know i probably should see it justice says kelly lebrock was his teen ultimate teen crush Man, I was a horn dog by ten. All right, fucking, I remember going to the movie theaters, looking at looking at them. Oh shit, what was her name? <laughs> the girl from Sinbad, and fucking uh, at Earth's core. Caroline Monroe. Caroline Monroe. Yeah, I fucking Caroline Monroe and her cleavage. Fucking. They interviewed her a lot on the <laughs> new. Um, if you have Shutter, they have a new um, In Search of Darkness, uh, Volume Three, which is like five and a half hour documentary yeah. about horror, 80s horror movies. Yeah. And uh, they, she's on there quite a bit because she yeah. was in a lot of the movies that they yeah. talked about. You know what I mean? Because once they've got to part three, they're kind of talking about, you know, lesser known movies, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. But I'd be like 10 or 11 looking at that woman just going, man, you know, it's just in you, you know, just it's just part of your biology, I guess. <laughs> it's not learned behavior. You just know what you like, you know. So I can... Mr. 88 said, Trick or Treat was a great film. Uh, I say the above as a person that is particularly not a horror fan. Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, I guess. But um, Trick or Treat is a great film. Now, unless you're talking about... Are you talking about the anthology, like the one with Sam? Or are you talking... Like the Halloween anthology? Or are you talking about the 80s one about the heavy metal guy? Because that one was fun, but also kind of terrible. But the anthology one is awesome i actually watch it every halloween because it's just it's it's so halloweeny and every single story is good yeah okay the sam one yeah that's what i thought because there was another one called trick-or-treat that i keep think came out at 85 or 86 and i think it was about a like a like a heavy metal band or something like that i don't know it's been a long time since i've seen it um let's see sebastian brand said she's on talking pictures friday night too like caroline monroe Oh, well. She still, uh, she held together pretty well, I think. Yeah, she... I mean, well, didn't you see her? Well, it's, I, you, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. watching the... Um, I think I did, yeah. I was watching the... That documentary, like I said, on show. One that held together the best was uh, Cassandra Peterson. Yeah, it's she still believe, looks fantastic. It's hard to believe she's in her 70s. She looks great. Yeah, you would never know. No. Also, Barbara Crampton. Yeah. Barbara Crampton she's still hot. looks super hot still. Yeah. And I just saw her, like, yeah. a few days ago. And I'm, I'm also on her Instagram, so she, like, posts pictures all the time. Took care of herself. But she's spent, still... She spent money, too. Both those girls spent money. She dude. looks almost exactly yeah. the same. Like, you yeah. can tell she's older, but yeah. she doesn't really look that much older. <laughs> if you spend money on yourself and get the fuck right surgeries, you, a woman can hold it together pretty well. But I think, you know, there's also health. They're not doing fucked up drugs and shit, and they're not drinking themselves into the ground. Dolly Parton held together for a long, long time. I haven't seen her in a while, but I think what it, she was in her late 60s or 70s last time I saw her, and she looked the same. She looked, she was cute. Looked like Dolly. Big old boobs. Yeah, she hasn't changed much, uh-uh. to be honest. Well, she's open about it. She's like, oh, I've had everything nipped and tucked and pulled and stretched and, you know, it, it, <laughs> you know, it's obvious. Yeah, and that's it's weird because, I, you know, people are a lot more open about it nowadays, yeah. but... I kind of feel like for a long time, it's the almost stigma, like yeah. you were supposed to get it done, but yeah. you weren't supposed to like tell anybody. No, yeah, I yeah. totally look like this naturally. I'm yeah, just everyone's yeah, yeah. like, no, you don't. No. 
<laughs> so I think, well, maybe, was it Dolly Parton that was kind of like the first person? Well, she was the one that was open about breast implants. Right. And then Barbara Water, Walters Bob, Bob, uh, did a damn terrible interview with her and just tried to just humiliate the woman. It's on YouTube. You can see it. And she fucking outclasses Barbara Walters through the whole thing. And you could tell that Barbara Walters is just jealous as hell. Oh, you know, because you are talking about how poor she, she was like, didn't you grow up in a poor neighborhood? That kind of shit, just like fucking poor place in the South, you know, where you were barefoot. Just, just, it's fucking evil. It's obviously a bitch fight between a pretty girl and an ugly girl because Barbara Walters was ugly. Fucking, but you know, Dolly was cute, super cute. And, uh, but you can see that interview on YouTube still and just look at the comments and the, com the conversation about what a fucking witch Barbara Walters was. Totally un totally uncalled for by today's standards, you know. Don't yeah. people think that you're ridiculous? Just ask her shit like that. Be like, fuck yeah, I yeah, am yeah. ridiculous. Don't people think that you're ridiculous for all these <laughs> breast implants and all this? Just, and, and she's just, uh... Well, you could be... You know, she's just trying to reason her way through it. You know what I mean? But it was obvious that the fucking woman was jealous as hell of her. I, I mean, mean, Dolly was an eight or a nine. Fucking Barbara Walters was a three. Come on, let's be honest. But it's just, I mean, it just seems like a strange, like if you're going to interview somebody, it just seems like strange to come at them and like attack them like that. Just for Yeah, well, watch it. That's what I'm saying. Watch it. She, she got her on there to attack her in public for personal reasons, if you ask me. Yeah, maybe so. I of mean, course. It just seems like really pointless. It's Turn not like... Rubber pussy on her. With this, well, the thing about it is that, like, look, I can see being, you know, if you're interviewing somebody, being mean to somebody that's, like, an actual asshole. Yeah. Like, and you're calling them out on shit. Like, yeah, you should be mean to them. Dolly was a singer and entertainer. But like She's I said, anybody. somebody like Dolly that hasn't done anything that is just, like, delightful and everybody yeah. loves her. And, like, why the hell would you just, like, come out and, like, fucking attack her like that? Jealous witch. I guess. Yeah, John Smith said St. Dolly displays poise and forgiveness in yeah. that interview. Yeah, you, she, yeah, she like, knows. kept it classy. That's yeah. what I mean. So, it's, I mean, that's he what knows, you got to do. That's what you got to do. Somebody it was just, obvious to me. I mean, somebody just was, comes at you like that. Yeah. You just have to, like, just be sweet as hell to them because then that'll just make them look like a bigger dick. Yeah, it did. It was obvious to me. <laughs> you got basically an ugly woman who's trying to fucking belittle a woman who's fucking... Oh man, seven times as good looking as her. I mean, and it's just, and it comes off as fucking personal attacks from, you know, sour grapes, you know. It's just, it's, it was obvious. I mean, you can drop it in the comment section if you agree with me, but it was obvious to me what was going on. Made Barbara look terrible. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I can imagine. It made Barbara look terrible. Like I said, I just, I don't get it. I don't get why do you just attack somebody like that. Like, Women. Like I said. Women. They do that. Yes, tell us more about what women do, Tom. Women. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it happen. They'll attack the pretty girl. If they think she's weak and can't do anything, they'll attack the pretty girl. I've seen it. But the thing about it is that somebody comes at you like that, you basically just have to... We well, have to like not get mad because, like I said, if you don't, yeah. if you just like stay nice and classy and everything like that, yeah, then she it's just her, it's just gonna make the other person. It look did. Worse it made it look terrible because Dolly just comparison. would kind of kind of turn it into a joke. 
you know. Yeah, that's all you can do. Like I said, you can't get mad right. because then, right. like, it'll make you look bad, too. She was like, is it true that you come from a place and you, you yourself really have no education to speak of? Just shit like that. Right. And she's like, where I come from, maybe we didn't have formalized education, but we weren't dumb. We, we, you know, we knew all about life. That's, that's just how she played it off like that. Yeah. We had street smarts, is basically what she did. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Hey, I, yeah. grew, I grew up in a trailer park, too. I yeah. Know. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so she was savage, dude. <laughs> all right. I don't think I. They would have had to like probably. Um, they would have probably had to like uh, censor me because I would have been swearing all. Of this. <laughs> Do you want some of this? Because I can't drink anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like. I gotta like, drive. Yeah, you gotta drive. I don't gotta. I, don't gotta. Right. I gotta watch what I drink. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you don't look as fat in those jeans, female 101. Yeah, exactly. Well, Keep yeah, it. there is a very... Dis- I think it's a particular type of woman. It's not just, like, all women, because I didn't really know a lot of women like that. But um, but there is a particular type of woman that'll do... they That are good at that kind of, like, backhanded compliment or, uh, you know, like the passive-aggressive kind of stuff where it kind of doesn't sound mean on its face, but then, like, when you think about it in a second, it's, like, really mean. You know, sometimes. John Smith said, Dolly could have just said, bitch, you're the one interviewing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Mr. 88 says, Tom's correct. That is a distinctly female play. It is. I've seen it happen. Although, like I said, I've seen uh, yeah. dudes do that, too, so don't uh, i don't yeah. think it's just dudes do the same thing and uh, to be honest in my experience um i think dudes are way bigger bitches than women but that could be just it depends me. depends on the guys i mean yeah i'm just saying generally Listen, i don't like to make generalizations because everybody's different but dudes aren't doing it over how they look dudes are doing it over abilities but they do it for it's the yeah. same thing it's, though it's, it's sli- just a different it's slightly different the way they go about it, but it's pretty much the same thing. I think. I, I don't like. think it's about looks, though. No, but it's not about looks. It's it's about I can do this and you can't do it. I can do this and you can't. It's that kind of stuff. You failed. I, I succeeded. But see, the thing about it is that if women do it about how other women look, I mean, that's also yeah. kind of about abilities. Like you can't manage yeah. to look good you can't manage to get your hair done you can't manage to like do this and that and the other thing so it's kind of like this it's the same kind of thing it's the same kind of thing and i think dudes are absolutely bitches about appearance as well i mean i think they are they seem like to me i don't know you seem like very very into appearance like of other dudes and stuff yeah it's kind of different though I kind of judge people by how they're dressed sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, man, why are you out there, you know, why are you coming to the club in those shoes? That kind of shit, you know what I mean? This well, is not, goth, but yeah, but this I, is a goth club. I knew that, too. Yeah, but that's, wear... and that's more a goth thing yeah, than, yeah, than a right, man yeah. or woman thing. Right. Because you're sitting there going, why are you sitting there, like, wearing some shorts like you mow the lawn? Yeah, and, right. And Crocs. Yeah, you weren't, you come in Crocs and that white baseball cap. Class man. your you're shit in, up, you're motherfucker. You're goth club. <laughs> yeah, fuck, dude. You know. John Smith says, British guys, we are more... This is my friend Gary. He's a bit of a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing that I uh, that I did immediately write. I mean, I was kind of expecting it because I had, like, you know, seen a lot of British humor and stuff like that, like, prior to going there. But they are very um, upfront. They'll, they'll tell you, like, uh, shit right to your face. 
they're not passive aggressive about it. They're not, they don't try to be polite or nothing. You know what I mean? If they think you look fucked up, they'll come right up to your face and go, you look a bit fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't like put any sugar on it or anything, which in a way is kind of jarring, but um, was also kind of refreshing. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they didn't like try to be polite. I don't know. I couldn't decide if I liked it or not. It was just really weird. Couldn't do it in the South. <laughs> it was just really no. weird. No. <laughs> couldn't you couldn't do that in the South unless you were amongst very polite society down here. If you were totally on, if you went down to the fucking oasis, the biker bar I go to, and you were totally honest with people. You'd, you'd get shot. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. You'd and get shot. I think that was yeah. one of the things that I kind of liked about it, like in the UK, was yeah. that at least you kind of knew where you stood. I kind of feel like me and. I don't know, this is not, I think it's more like a regional thing in the United States, but I do kind of feel like most people will try to be polite, even when it's very clear that they hate you or something like that. And in a way, I don't like that because it seems like disingenuous, you know, and, and I don't like, and it's like, look, everybody knows that we all hate each other. Like, why are we pretending? Like, why, why do we even have to like pretend that we even like each other? Like, why can't we just say fuck out of my face or anything like that? So it's like, I don't know. I I just, I don't, I don't like having to like be polite or like, uh, you know, kind of participate in bullshit when everybody knows that it's bullshit. That's just very exhausting for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Larry Kirsch said, y'all both looking good this fine evening. Thank you. We're going to be uh, going out afterward. That's why. That's why I had to do my makeup real quick when I, when I got home. John Smith said, the old joke is, in uh, if Scotland ever gets independence, our ambassadors will be like, you're a cunt, but that's okay. I like cunts. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I, I never heard the C word as much as I heard over there. Because over there, they just say it like, I kind of feel like over here, it's still like a pretty bad word. You know what I mean? Like I say it all the time, but it'd be considered misogynist to say that here. You well, a lot. Well, a lot of people kind of like, even people that will swear up a storm still don't really they like to use, use that, that word. Yeah. But in the UK and it's in in Australia and stuff like that, they just say it like like anything. You know what I mean? They just call each other that. It's just it's, a generic. It's like, what's up, cunt? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's just like kind of funny. It's, it's, not one, it's not one we use. Not really. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's usually, if somebody uses it, they're really, really mad at yeah. you. Because <laughs> they don't usually use that. And even people, like I said, even people that swear a lot, like, still don't like to use it. I don't mind, because I'm a, I'm a champion swearer. I, I like swearing. You know what I mean? I like creative swearing, also. Uh, let's see. Larry and Creature said, up north, it's more real. <laughs> yeah, that was, an, I found that in, like, New York and stuff like that, too. Like, people were a lot more upfront and, like, honest. Which, like I said, I kind of like that better. Even though it's kind of not nice to have somebody, like, say to your face, like, oh, you suck or you look like shit or something like that. But then I don't really like thinking that people are, like, blowing smoke up my ass either. You know? I liked New Yorkers every time I went there. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah, uh, they're kind of cranky, but I yeah. but I'm kind of cranky, so I kind of like related. You know what I mean? And I liked that they were just kind of like no nonsense, kind of like yeah. whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have time for it, and I was like, yeah, I, I can I get lived behind in that. I lived in Boston. I can six, get behind that. I lived in Boston for about six years, and New Yorkers, the New Yorkers are a lot better than Bostonians, man. Bostonians are fucking tight asses. 
in general. Not all of them. I had friends there too, but just yeah. Up I mean, to uptight. like I said, it's kind of hard to just generalize across yeah. a whole like region or whatever because you know everybody's it just, different. And it's Bostonians were just kind of like cold-blooded, self-centered, snotty. Um, and uh, depending on some of well, okay. The, the thing is, is that the ones I'm talking about mostly weren't from there. All right, the guys that are actually from there are a lot better. They're a little bit more like New Yorkers. They're tough, you know, tougher. Especially you know, Easties, the East End, North End. You know, the Irish guys and the Italian guys. Because uh, people go, well, those are Americans. They're not Irish. Yeah, they are. You go down there, those are fucking Irish-American guys. You know, fucking Whitey Bulger and all the guys. And the CIA were... All that IRA weaponry was coming from that neighborhood right there. All the money. All those Irish-Americans were funding the IRA right from Boston. And um, <clears throat> the Italian guys, they're just like, they were like something out of the movies, you know. Like some out of freaking gangster movie. They all thought they were they all pretend like they were in the mafia or some shit like that. I don't know if I don't know if they actually were. They had good restaurants though. Pretty good restaurants. The girls were pissed off at them all the time. That kind of remind you saying yeah. that reminded me of do you remember I think it was from like the first season of Kitchen Nightmares? Yeah. Like the American version. Yeah. And I think the restaurant was called Peter's. Yeah. And the guy that owned it was like a wannabe yeah, they're a lot gangster. Like, they're a lot like that. And yeah. he was just like, he was yeah. like a movie character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in a lot they're of ways like that. that he was yeah. kind of trying to like project that. Yeah. But. That was that was kind of common in Boston. Yeah. But it's like, it was kind of, I was like, oh my God, is this dude for real? <laughs> and in general, when I was there, you know, the young, the young girls that were kind of, you know, my peers that I would, could date, you know, in, in, girls in their 20s, they were sick to death of those dudes. Sick to death of them. Well, I can imagine. Yeah. That would oh, be, here he goes. Oh, you know, they, they were like they, that. You know, they, oh. They would, that would real get, loud. And, they would get pretty old. Yeah, like they were after. just, yeah. That would get pretty old. Yeah. Like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> they probably ended up marrying those guys, though, anyway. Probably, but they, at the t- in their twenties, they were sick to death of that. They'd be man, the, I kind of feel like I would just meet a dude like that, and they'd be like, they'd start on about like for five seconds. I'd be like, yeah, bye, I gotta go, I gotta go, and I don't have time for this right now. Yeah. Larry says, I live near Manchester in the UK. Ha ha. Um, lots of good Manchester post punk. I agree. Uh, most of the good man, that whole Manchester scene. In the late seventies, early eighties, you had Joy Division, you had the yeah. Smiths, you had the Fall, yeah. uh, just so many fucking good bands. And then, like later on, you had kind of the more ravey kind of stuff, like fucking Happy Mondays and were they in Spiral Carpets from there? I, I remember, don't know I remember kind of liking them. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of like a lot of the. I love Joy Division and the Fall and the Smiths and stuff like that. Which didn't you have some other bands like a certain ratio? And I'm trying to think who else was from there. I almost said Echo and the Bunnymen, but they're from Liverpool. Uh, Larry said, fucking love the fall and Joy Division. I do as well. And honestly, like, um, since I got Spotify, I've been listening to... I was actually listening to the Birthday Party Station, and they're Australian, obviously, but they play a lot of fall on there, and I was like, man, I just forgot how fucking good they were. Got all these people in the comments. uh, Got all these people live in the comments section, and only a single thumbs up. Go ahead and hit the like button, people. Oh, you're making us sad. Making us sad. (laughs) 
Larry says, haha, you know a certain ratio, you're a cool gal. Yeah, I don't know a lot about them, but I know a couple of their songs. I know a couple of their songs. Um, Sebastian said, I'm in Manchester. Well, Salford, to be exact. Mm. Well, there you go. That's where, well, where the Smiths from around there, because I feel like they were in front of the Salford Lads Club, like, for the front of the Queen is Dead album. Or, like, the Inside Gatefold. That's a very famous picture of them that was taken in front of that place. Is that still there? Because I feel like people still probably make pilgrimages to that, like, take pictures in front of it. Uh, Larry said, anyone who likes to fall in Joy Division is cool by me. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I still listen to that shit all the time. All the time. Um, but yeah, you know, you all right? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you seem like you went quiet. Yeah, I'm getting sleepy. Really? Yeah, for some reason. Why are you sleeping? What time did you get up? Same time you did, I think. No, no, no. I got up around the time you did, I think. Uh, but then I went back to sleep. You got up at 5 a.m.? Yeah. And, I, and then I got in bed, didn't I? I was in I was on the I was in the man cave sleeping on the day bed. And then I got up and I got in bed. I don't remember. I don't remember, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember. I woke up I at I woke up at quarter to five. I kept then, waking up and going back to sleep. I got out of bed at eight. Oh, okay. But it was a bu- it was a bunch of broken sleep, you know. Yeah. And I say I drank some of that and I'm not continuing to drink. If I continue to drink, I'll, it'll it'll energize me and keep me awake. If I stop drinking, I could I could get sleepy. I gotta I gotta start moving. You gotta start moving. Gotta start moving. Larry says, "Where are y'all going post show? Anyways, we are going to Barbarella, Barbarella which uh, it's the twice monthly. I guess they do it twice monthly now, don't they? Memento Mori. It's like the Goth Industrial Night. Yeah, it's down the warehouse district. Yeah, yeah, in Orlando. You never know. It's not in public. You just gotta know where it is. Yeah." I mean, I do kind of like that they moved it there. It was weird at first, but I'm kind of into it. And you go in there, and it just looks like a regular club. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, I think the other part of it did they still use it for sports stuff? Right, I think so. Yeah, pickleball I don't know. <laughs> or whatever it is. It's uh no, what's that other fucking sport? I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about sports. I don't know anything about sports. Larry, Larry says he's fucking high as fuck. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, Marky e. Smith, R.A.P. Yeah, I couldn't believe that he fucking died. I mean, I believe it because who? Marky e. Smith from Who's the it? fall. From oh. the fall. Um, when did he die? <sighs> Long time ago. No. Well, it was a few couple years ago. Oh, okay. I remember, like, I hadn't heard about it. My sister sent me the um, a link from a from NME. I think like, and I was like, holy fucking shit! He wasn't horribly old. I think he was only like in his sixties, but. Um, I think he had, like, he was a big drinker, and um, I think he was on some other substances as well, but he was a cool, he was a cool motherfucker, you know? I heard he was kind of a dick, kind of a dick, but, <laughs> but he was really cool. Uh, yeah, fairly recently, yeah, I think it was a couple years ago. He never stopped doing speed and booze, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of what, he looked kind of bad, and it's funny because, I mean, he kept putting music out until... You know, he's because what they put out like fucking two or three albums a year. Jesus Christ. They put out like there were so many and I have a bunch of them, but I couldn't keep up, you know. And then after a while, like I was just like, look, I just oh, my God, I can't fucking, you know, keep buying these. But the newer stuff, I still liked like a lot of their newer stuff. But you could tell like 
you know, when you heard his voice and stuff like that, that it wasn't, that it wasn't the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? He sounded like a lot of different, sounded like a lot of different. Uh, lots of fall songs are like that though. Stream of consciousness writing a la speed. Yeah. He was kind of like, I was thinking about this earlier because, um, like I said, on my way to work and home, like they played like quite a few fall songs and I was just kind of like, he's, he always had like the most interesting, they were almost kind of like weird, like beat poetry or like free verse or something like that. Like it always kind of had some kind of meaning behind it, but it was always just kind of like word association. It was, I don't know, like it's kind of hard to explain, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of Americans didn't really get on that wavelength, but I don't know what, I can't remember like the first time I heard them. I think it was probably, I know it was in the eighties sometime. It was probably when, you know, when they did the, um, that ballet with Michael Clark, um, I'm curious orange. And I think that was the first time I heard them. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Like, I really, really like that. And then like, I started like buying all their stuff. And matter of fact, the first CD that I ever bought, like, cause for a long time I had a cassette player, um, you know, cause I couldn't afford to get a CD player. And then when I finally got a CD player, the first CD I bought was was them it was um extricate which came out in 1989 and i still remember that that was the first (laughs) i still remember the first the first vinyl album i bought was synchronicity by the police and the first cassette that i bought was the walk by the cure and the first cd that i bought was extricate by the fall isn't that funny that i still remember i don't remember the first mp3 i downloaded (laughs) but all the other physical media i remember (laughs) Larry said yeah he was like a punk Kerouac yeah yeah that was what he was like that was what he was like first album I bought was Jim Croce's greatest hits I was about about seven my dad had that (laughs) my mom gave me some money she goes here you can eat because I was listening to headphones a lot at the house she goes you buy an album which album do you want I said I want Jim Croce Cause it had Bad Lee Boy Brown. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Brown bad, bad, yeah, yeah, it had Brad Lee Boy Brown in it, on it. That's and a I'll good just, song. I'll sit I sit there and like listen to that, that whole album. <laughs> a couple years later, I got I got uh, that War of the Worlds double album. From the oh, kids yeah. Th- from Thin Lizzy. Yeah, 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 yeah. that was fucking good, too. I mean, I said prior to that, like, prior to buying the Poli- Police Synchronicity was the first album I actually bought with my own money. Like, prior to that, I feel like I had been bought albums. They were usually Beatles stuff, because that's what, like, my dad was really into, and I really liked them as well, like, when I was a kid. So, I would listen to that on headphones. You know what's, like, really funny? When I was a little kid, when you were talking about headphones, when I was a little kid, I would put on... Uh, like an album on the stereo, like it's usually like Sergeant Pepper because I was really into Sergeant Pepper when I was uh, a kid, and I would put it on and then I put headphones and then I would sing along to the music because I could hear the music, but it yeah. didn't occur to me that other people couldn't hear it and all they could hear was my stupid ass singing like along to the songs because I had headphones on. John Smith said the first vinyl album I bought was Michael Jackson. Bad. Oh well. That was a long time ago. I remember that one. Yeah. When did that, that was actually it? a good album. Yeah, it wasn't it was bad. Actually, a good album. It wasn't I was bad. still in my metal fucking goth phase and shit, but uh, I was in Brazil at the time that that one came out, and they were playing a lot of the songs on the uh, on the uh, radio in yeah. Brazil. Somebody gave me a 
uh, a bootleg tape. Somebody recorded it off of fucking vinyl onto tape. Remember you could do that back in the Yeah, yeah. I would listen to that every now and then. It was good. It was real good. And there was also a little, like a little movie that came out around that time. It was like a, I think it was called Moonwalker. Yeah. And it had, uh, I think you could get, I had, think I had some, some of that was on tape. Or when, no, maybe not. Maybe some of the songs off of that bad album were on Moon Moonwalker. I don't. I, I saw that movie. I rented it. I think I saw it too, but I don't remember what context I would because I don't think I would have rented it. In the day, it was in, in the day. Michael Jackson was kind of innovative. Uh, it had a big production value. You didn't see anything like that, you know. I think Steven Spielberg, I think, directed that shit, didn't he? Ooh, I don't know about that. I know that he. I know that um, John Landis directed yeah. Thriller, okay. the you know that one. But I'm not sure about later on. Yeah, I think Moonrake Moonwalker might have been. Steven Wait, Spielberg. was it? I think it might. I have mean, been. It, it wouldn't shock me, but no, it was, was huge production. So you, you know, yeah, when because, it came I out, mean, he had like all the money. Yeah, so. it kind of behooved you to see it. And to, and to listen yeah, to those it was, it was the law. You, you kind of everybody to. had to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, you had you know it was things were limited. There was no internet, and you would hear half the songs on the radio anyway. So and, and they were catchy. So you wanted to go for the full experience, and he did kind of give you an experience. You know, I didn't know if I totally understood the experience. well it's interesting because the other day not today at work but the other day um the guy was playing because he just played like today he played like a a thing of queen and like some other stuff too but like the other day he was playing like a block of michael jackson and like i think bad was on there and dirty diana and stuff like that and i was just kind of like those ones i didn't like as much i still really like the early 80s stuff like i love billy jean and all that kind of like i like the old like pre thriller stuff after bad came out i was just i don't know i didn't i wasn't as into that i wasn't into the hits too much it was always like the the b or the b-side stuff the stuff they didn't play on the radio was better it was pretty good Mr. 88 said, I remember watching Thriller's world premiere. It was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. that was like everybody watched it. Yeah. Well, and it's, I thought that was cool because that's actually like a pretty cool song. Uh, plus Vincent Price. Plus yeah. it was like a horror movie, which of yeah. course I'm going to be into that. Yeah, I think I saw the world premiere too. I, was like, oh, I probably yeah, yeah. did as well. I feel like everybody watched that shit. Yeah, it was like a little mini movie. Yeah. Like I said, John Landis directed that. Yeah. He was the same guy that did American Werewolf in London. It was impressive for the day. Larry said, I know Tom Diggs' Venom, virtual high five, bro. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, what's his name? Lant. Fucking, uh, shit. Conrad Lant. Got to play Kronos. Yeah. Main guy, he, he, he was, he's a genius. He invented black metal. It's really just kind of real satanic motorhead when you really break it down. It sounded a lot like motorhead with a bunch of horror movie special effects and I love that shit when I was a kid. Werewolves and vampires and the fucking vampires and the werewolves fucking fighting demons. <laughs> and then the vampires start having sex with the werewolves and making new cross... Just, it was crazy. And the demons were watching and applauding. It was just like satanic porn. Yeah. Motherfucking <laughs> Conrad. He was good. Thing is, is it was never really fully released in the United States. You had to get that shit off of stuff like Metal Blade Records. I don't remember. I think it was them. They came out with it. The smaller labels were putting that out. There wasn't any big releases for Venom. And I don't even really think there was an American tour in the in the times that I liked Venom. It was late 70s. No, no. 
No. It was the early 80s. Early to mid-80s. Early 80s to late 80s. That's when I was listening to Venom. It was good, though. That, uh, that At War With Satan album came out. Fucking liked that one. And they teased At War With Satan at the end of the Black Metal album. The end of the Black Metal album ended with the first few minutes of the first song on the upcoming album, like a commercial. He he was a fucking... He, could te- he was teasing the upcoming album, which that was brilliant. You know, it's before the internet. It's like a post credit scene. It's yeah. like in a Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Knew what he was doing. I had Welcome to Hell, Black Metal, At War with Satan, Possession. Oh, shit. What else was the other ones? I had like three or four more of them. They were good. Mr. 88 said, Great music fact. No band has had each member write a number one song except Queen, and each member has written at least three number ones, which is an amazing accomplishment. That is pretty fucking amazing. And honestly, <coughs> today uh, we had a Queen block, you know, uh, at work, and I was like, man, every single one of their fucking songs is good. Every single one is good. I mean, I always kind of liked them when I was growing up, but it's like, I think I appreciate them more now that I'm older. But, because you know what I mean? It's. When we when we were growing up in the 80s, I kind of feel like I was real into, well, still am, actually, but I was, like, real into, like, you know, punk and new wave and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of the older stuff, like, I liked a lot of the stuff that my dad was into. Like I said, I was really into the Beatles and the Doors and all that kind of stuff. But um, <coughs> a lot some of the music I was just kind of like, ah, oh, that's, like, old people. That's, like, dad music or whatever. Um, and I didn't like a lot of the music that was on the radio in the 80s. Like, a lot of the kind of mainstream, quote-unquote, music, like pop music and stuff. And I still don't like some of it, but nowadays I hear some stuff that I did not like in the 80s, and I'm just kind of like, you know what, that's that's a pretty good fucking song. You know what I mean? Some of it I still don't like. I'm not saying that. There's like There was a lot of shitty pop music in the 80s, too. Larry's asking me if I ever got into St. Vitus. I've never heard of them. I don't know. I've heard of them, I but really I don't know what they sound like. I was in into... Um, Venom, I got that. Venom, Slayer, I got that first Slayer album. It was called Show No Mercy. That shit was really good. It was real crudely recorded, but I could tell that that was going to be a great band. And then uh, Hella Waits came out, and then, um, what was it? Seasons in the Abyss, I think, and South of Heaven, and Divine Intervention, and all those came out. The fucking great band, a good California band. Had a, One of the members was from Chile. Um, was his name Tom Araya? Yeah, he's fucking great. And he, and they he he t- technically he had a shitty voice, but he just made it sound really fucking good, cool. He could he could. It was almost kind of like rap, but the, just the anger and the fucking hatred in the lyrics and it's fucking great. It was always about something bad, like you know, he's singing songs about fucking uh, Ed Gein, you know. Dead Skin Mask. That's a fucking good song, man. Um, Blood Red, was which was about... Blood Red was about communism. It's either Mao or Stalinism, just about the massacre of innocent people and mi- thousands of people can't be wrong and enforcing truth through a gun. and Man, just fucking great shit, you know? Um, then they would go into... World War Two, and and it was never really explicit yet, which was one of the things I liked about it. It was very artistic. You had to read in between the lines, 
to see what it was they were talking about. That was the problem. If you had a, a bad metal band was too explicit with the lyrics. An example of a real bad one would have been like... Anvil? An 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 <laughs> Anvil. Anvil will straight up sing about Mothra. And they'll call the fucking song Mothra. And, 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 and then it'll the, just be like telling just, you the to plot the whole story of the, of the movie. Fucking and then yeah. Mothra went to the yeah, island yeah, yeah, and the two yeah. little exactly. girls like sang and woke Mothra yeah, yeah, up. Exactly. And it's just, yeah, it's exactly. Like that. That's the way fucking Anvil would just <laughs> And that's why. There's no art, artistic I don't want to pick on Anvil. They yeah. seem like nice dudes. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like you want, ideally, in your lyrics, you kind of want something a little like kind of poetic or something yeah. something that's obviously like referring to something or about something but is also kind of open to other like people's subjective interpretation and yeah. that's kind of i kind of feel like that's that's the the sweet spot yeah and then another one i got into was merciful fate i got my hands on this album called uh melissa it was this black album with this damn skull with the fucking flames kind of behind it, it looked like something coming up out of the ground it, was, it had a really cool cover art and i didn't know where Merciful Fate had come from. I didn't know who King Diamond was or anything. You know, that's what he became when he went solo. And that was just a. I didn't know it was like I think it's like Norwegian or Swedish or I think it might be from Norway or Denmark. And it was part of that Nordic, satanic kind of black metal. And he, he fucking that dude was a trip, man. You know, and he had his whole character going and. Like he was a sorcerer or something. It was fucking wild. And I couldn't understand much of what he was saying. But it was very <laughs> operatic. His accent was so strong, though, I really couldn't understand what he was saying. And he had about five different voices. Some of them were real fucking falsetto. Like, he'll sing female parts of the song, like a female. And then he'll sound like a little cookie monster voices and shit. <laughs> and doing all he was very uh, creative, that guy. I'm um, trying to think of another metal band I was big into at that time. That impressed me. Uh, I'll think of it later. Larry said, uh, I prefer the more crude production for that kind of metal, don't you? Takes a lot away from it when it's yeah. overproduced. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like um, music in general, um, it's depending on what it is, but I do generally prefer kind of a more rough sounding. Yeah. I don't really like that real slick, overproduced when we first got our hands on, on the first Slayer album it was called Show No Mercy and it sounded like a garage tape on a record but it was real intense and it, it sounded like at the time fast punk rock with kind of like a thrash metal percussion in the back it was fucking just really good it was a mixture of a lot of stuff for it's time now that's normal but in those days it was kind of like crossing genres it was like metal and punk yeah it was real good and it was coming out of california which we were kind of impressed because at the time that that came out england was the place where metal came from but slayer metallica came out and they just kicked iron maiden's ass all right that was kind of the end of iron maiden i was an iron maiden fan but they never quite recovered from what metallica did to them it Maiden sounded kind of fucking old-fashioned real quick. It took time, about 10 years, 5 years, but eventually Maiden sounded very dated. It sounded conservative. It's like something your dad would listen to compared to the other shit that was going on. 
Well, that eventually happens to, like, a lot of music. I was yeah. actually thinking about that the other day, like, when I, there was some, like, really, really old music on, like, from the 40s or something. And I was kind of like, I was like, probably back when this song came out, like, teenagers were listening to it, yeah. and it was like, their parents were like, oh my god, turn off yeah, that yeah. noise! And it's like, nowadays it's like, fucking, <laughs> it sounds like fucking uh, shit that was in Ren and Stimpy or something. Another thing that changed the game for me was uh, that first uh, White Zombie album, La, Sis- La Sex or Sisto, came out. And that album was just fucking cool. Really fucking cool. With Black Sunshine on it, and fucking... I Am Legend, just that, that whole album. It's a classic. You can listen to that album today, and it, it still holds up. At least it does for me. Um, and I don't know what kind of album that is. I guess it's metal. I don't know. Metal and psychedelic. It might have. You might even consider parts of it rap. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just a fusion of a lot of stuff. And now... When Rob Zombie started going solo, I think his stuff went a little too poppy, if you ask me. I mean, it started to sound a little too mainstream. But that first album from White Zombie was fucking great. Yeah, I can't, but it just kind of happens to most musicians, I feel like. Not all of them, because some of them kind of retain their weirdness. But I do kind of feel like you have a cool band, and it's like they have their own thing going on yeah. and stuff like that. But then, like, they get a little bit of recognition, and then eventually they end up sounding like everybody else. Yeah. Which For is- a while, Ministry was doing really good. Land of Rape and Honey, Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste, all that shit. That's like a great albums. Um, even their earlier go- kind of goth, dark wave kind of sound was good. But Even though he's kind of... Uh, I don't think he's going to get abandoned anymore. that like yeah. he doesn't really like doesn't do that anymore but you know they they still play it at clubs though but I'm sure yeah. he's like pretty pissed off about that <laughs> should have changed your name then should have yeah. changed the name of the band if you didn't want like all that associated yeah Mr. 88 said he just listened to the Sexorcisto this past weekend it is great yeah, yeah. I mean you know. Mr. 88's giving me the order of the Slayer albums it's been so long <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember the order that they came out in I had them though, and I may have purchased them out of order, too. So I remember Hella Waits. I bought that one. I think that was the, I think that was the second one that I bought, and I remember liking it. But I haven't heard that one in a long time. Seasons in the Abyss Silk is still one that's just real memorable to me. I remember all those songs. I think it was my favorite album from them, and I liked Divine Intervention too. Although South South of Heaven was also good. It's, it's hard to say they that period of, of their career was excellent. I haven't heard anything new from them though. It's probably still pretty good. John Smith said, my Iron Maiden connection is I once fenced with Bruce Dickinson when he was giving a demonstration at my school and I honestly thought I stood a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you think you stood a chance because like you actually did or because you were like overconfident? <clears throat> Trey said, I made it late. Long day at the office. Yeah, it was. We're getting ready to check out anyway. Yeah, we got to, yeah, because yeah. we got to go in a minute. We got to go in a minute. I mean, I got to start getting dressed. Yeah. And Why don't you go ahead and shut it down then? Shit like that. I know, I feel bad because Trey yeah. just got here, but like, yeah, yeah we've been on for we gotta go to the club. an hour and a half. Yeah, we're going out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. 88 said, I hate the Metallica turned out to be douches. Yeah, eventually. Master of Puppets is such a great album. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, sometimes I kind of feel like if you really, really like a band, it's probably better to just like not not know anything about, about like their yeah. their personalities or anything you know what i mean they're regular guys and regular guys can be douchebags especially when you put give them so much money and so much influence and 
they made good albums. Just leave it at that. Uh, that Black album was, I think, the last album that I bought from them. It started to go pretty. That which, which I had the Black album. I had Master of Puppets. I had Kill 'Em All. I had Ride the Lightning. Uh, sorry, and and then I I just let it go. They, I liked the Black album, but I could tell that was gonna this was gonna be a mainstream band. Next thing you know, they're playing with symphonies and shit, doing huge fucking concerts. Although I, mean, I did like a lot, lot of that classical, like the I liked all that classical, like Metallica. It was so just was next really thing cool. you know, I go these motherfuckers are gonna end up being like Sting and shit eventually. Right, it's gonna be old ladies listening to them. <laughs> oh, they are so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like that. You know what I mean? It loses. Like its it's not, it's, it's not cool anymore it's when your grandma's cool. listening grandma to it. <laughs> yeah, you know I like his booty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you knew that shit was gonna happen. Well, Dude, I, like I said, I think kind of feel like that happens now. There's something I like, kind of the underground edge of of real excellent bands that aren't real well known. I always was into that kind of stuff. As soon as they started getting real well known and everybody knows about them, the, the, the art starts to suffer. Yeah, it's not it's yeah. not as fun anymore. And it's yeah. not and it's not necessarily just like a hipster thing. Like, oh, we liked them before they were cool or they anything like that. To a wider audience. Yeah, if the, when they start yeah. playing to a wider audience, yeah. then they're just then they kind of get in a thing where it's like, well, we have to please more people, and yeah. so if you're trying to please more people, down. then it starts getting like not yeah. so good anymore. Yeah, it's better when they're just like making music because that's what they want to make. Yeah, and they, they, they have I mean? fans and they're doing it for their fans. And shit. Right. So like, yeah, once once they have like record companies involved and yeah. like millions of dollars, then they like there's all this right. pressure on them to like, like this album can't fail, sell a bunch of yeah. stuff, and it's like so they have to make it sort of. This show. song has to be commercial. You know what I mean? We're we're gonna sell Toyotas with this thing, you right? Know, that's, that's and, okay. yeah, and then it's not good anymore. Yeah. That's it happens to everybody. All right, I'm checking out. Right. Okay, Jenny, will sit there and talk. Rude. No, I just have to. I, okay. I was waiting for you to see. You were talking. No, I'm not, yeah, no, I just. I'm talking. a man. I'm just gonna walk away from it. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, because and men and men are rude. <laughs> men are rude. All right, so I'm gonna go uh, get dressed real quick, and then we're gonna go out to the club. And uh, we will see you guys on Sunday. I promise. Okay, I, I don't want to promise because in case something bad happens. But it's um, we're going to do Black Hawk Down, okay, on Sunday. Like, finally. Because I feel really bad because Louis sent it to us and we haven't had a chance to review it yet. So hopefully we're going to watch it tomorrow night and we'll talk about that on Sunday. But have a good uh, day tomorrow, you guys. And thank you, everybody, for dropping by and hanging out with us. We'll see you guys on Sunday evening. Good.